Welcome. You're listening to Living Faith Podcast. Starry skies, see your hand in time, in mind to lead me through the night. In the last few weeks, we've been on the subject of the disciples' joyful life of surrender. To begin this series, we recognize the ongoing tension between American independence on one side and our surrender to the Lord's direction on the other. Both of these things have clear benefits in our lives, but there are times when they compete one against another, and that raises a challenge for American disciples. Then we proceeded to look at the biblical concepts of the Lord's power, of his promises, and his precepts. And again, the disciples' surrender to each of those things presents some difficulties for each of us. However, when we surrender to them, each also possesses its own blessed and anointed outcomes. If you're thinking right now, how so? I would tell you, go to livingfaithtabernacle.org and listen to the audio of the previous three messages and get caught up. So what's next on the surrender agenda? Well, how nice of you to ask. Precepts, as we've already talked about in a previous lesson, surrendering to the Lord's precepts. Precepts are built upon principles. We're faced with frustration or a setback. I wonder in this audience today, how many of us have said or heard someone say, it's the principle of the thing. It's the principle of the thing. I wonder, I wonder how many in the audience here today have struggled or been frustrated as you attempted to explain a principle to a teen or a preteen. Man, that's a lovely opportunity, isn't it? It's a matter of principle, we say, when an action misses the deeper point. A principle is a fundamental truth that serves as a foundation for a system of beliefs or behaviors. Principles are the foundation upon which practical applications are built. Principles aren't the actual behaviors, but they're the fundamental concepts that support them. So driving under the influence of electronics is a new set of precepts based on the principle of public safety. Warm summers, it's where now thankfully enjoy. Warm summers excite children with the hopes of cool dips in swimming pools. Playing in the water. Every kid looks forward to warm sunny days and playing in the water. Of course, along with children and pools, come the constant refrains of parents and loving adults with this little phrase, no running around the pool. No running around the pool. 
Every few minutes, a lifeguard's whistle pierces the laughter and the chatter, followed by, no running in the pool. Don't run around the pool is the rule. It's the precept. However, the principle behind the precept is safety. Safety for that individual child and safety for others around. Of course, you know as well as I do that many children think that the adults issuing such rules are joyless, fun-sapping nags. None of us as children having taken off to play tag around a pool, was ever happy with an adult saying, hey, don't run around the pool. None of us have ever been sit down for five minutes beside a pool while your friends kept playing, saying, you were running, now sit down, time out for five minutes. None of us thought, oh, they're just concerned for our safety. Oh, the children, the children felt, you know what? What's wrong with these wet blankets on our fun time? So under the banner of safety, loving adults issue the precept, no running around the pool. And, and does it work? Do the children obey? Well, some children do. They obey. They know the precept. Thank God for those four moldable children in the United States who, who listened just because they were instructed. No running around the pool. That's good. I'm fine with that. They surrender to it. On the other hand, we know there are children who run anyway. How many of you were one of those children? There you are. Whether or not they understand the rule, they, they can run anyway. And they'll do that until they fall and crack their skulls. Or an adult maintains order. I wonder how many adults in the room that you have told children around a pool, no running around the pool, and a child takes off running and you say, hey, no running around the pool. And the child says, I wasn't running, I was skipping. Some children don't run at the pool. They still run, though, on other wet, hard surfaces. I'm not in the pool. I'm not around the pool. So they run across wet decks or they run across wet parking lots. They don't understand the overarching principle of safety. They don't appreciate the principle. They can't or won't apply the principle to new, slippery, hard-surfaced environments because they're not thinking on that level of maturity. They aren't taking the principle and applying it to new situations. They don't realize it's about safety. Well, the word of the Lord, as we have ministered in weeks past, gives us precepts, rules, instructions, guidance. Also gives us promises. My wife revisited that in her opening for this service today about the promises of the Lord. These things are part of Scripture to direct our discipleship. But the Lord also provides principles. And unlike promises and precepts, here's the problem with principles. Principles are not clearly 
defined. And so we might ask this question, if they're more vague and they're more general, why does the Lord use principles? Why would He do that? Why not just give us all the specifics? Why isn't the Bible just one long book of precepts and instructions? Well, first of all, the answer is pretty simple. God tried that and it didn't work. It's called the Old Testament law. He tried to work with just precepts and humans failed at that. We, we couldn't just follow the precepts and go that way. But failure in that reason doesn't talk about reason for using principles. Why does God use principles? Well, here's a good reason. Because the Lord knew His creation would be vast. He created the world. Noah talked about Him creating humanity, male and female. But our God created the world, the vastness of the planet Earth, the solar system. It's a massive undertaking. And in so doing, many cultures, many locations, many environments, precepts couldn't be universal in that regard, but principles could be. Principles can be applied across geography and culture and environment. Simple illustration, fundamental principles of mathematics work around the world regardless of language, regardless of culture, because they are fundamental principles. The Word of God, God shared principles in that fashion so they can be universal. Furthermore, the Lord understood and knew that His world would last for many, many, many generations. And principles aren't limited to time. So those are some of the reasons that God uses principles. But Here's the thing about principles that really works on us. Principles can be hard to understand. Principles require thought. Principles require reasoning. Principles require adapting to new, changing situations. Disciples like you and I, we have to do some hard work of conscientiously applying principles to living. But this is a challenge. Some people aren't even aware of the difference between precepts and principles. They're not completely unaware, so they are completely rather unaware of their need to even do anything with principles. For others of us, we're not really interested in that added effort of figuring out God's principles or applying them to our lives. Some of us say, you know what, I'll just go by the Ten Commandments and some precepts and I'll be good. Just show me the black and white lettering. I don't want to mess with principles. Other folks are aware of the principles of the Word of God and they ignore them. They just don't do anything to apply them daily. Some folks thoughtlessly depend on others to define them and then since someone else has always done the defining, I don't have the mental ability and skills and practice to define them for new definitions and new situations when I need to. Case in point, if any of us have served God for any amount of time, we're aware of situations where mom and dad lovingly interpreted every biblical principle 
and gave their children only precepts, not just when they were little, but they got older and they could understand things. They got involved in some mathematic principles, but we didn't start training them in godly principles. We didn't start helping their thought process. And when they come to us and said, is this right or is this wrong? We didn't talk them through a decision-making process. We just said yes or no. And then lo and behold, when that child never was trained to do some thinking and processing, they got outside of mom and dad and those influences. They didn't know how to figure out, how do I take this principle of God and apply it to this new thing in my life? How do I make that work? And since mom and dad weren't around and they weren't on speed dial, they just said, yeah, it doesn't matter. And pretty soon they go off the rails and mom and dad are scratching their head. I, I thought I told them all things were right and wrong. We did within a spectrum, but there are principles to be applied for the long haul. Even then we know there's no guarantee that children will choose the values and principles of their parents. However, if we want them to be able to do so, we do our best to help them figure out how to take principles and put them into practice. Takes more work, takes more effort. In fact, as I talk about principles, there might even be some of us in the audience today. It's like, why is he talking about this? Some of us would really appreciate and would enjoy better if the preacher would just issue all the dictates of this is the good side and this is the bad side and don't step over the middle line and I'll be the policeman for everybody's soul and I'll let you know when you've crossed the bridge. I'm not interested in being a cop. As a pastor, I'm not interested in being everyone else's thought process. I'm real interested in helping each and every one of us as disciples of God be able to think with godly wisdom. I'm real interested in hearing the testimony of young men and women faced with challenges to be able to testify afterwards it was a new situation Mom, dad, pastor, mentor. But I remember the principle of God's word and I prayed over and sought out and was able to put into practice what I believe is godly wisdom. And I, I am thankful for the ability to process the things of God. Here's the thing, folks. Precepts are the on-ramp to principled living. See, some folks look at the Old Testament and the word of God and think, if I just pay attention to the Ten Commandments, the precepts, then that's the off-ramp into successful living, and I got a bow tied on it. But the Word of God is exactly opposite. Precepts, the instructions, the straight guidelines are really an on-ramp into principled living. The, the, the guidelines, the Ten Commandments, they were really just some instructions to get us on a right pathway, and then we're supposed to be able to figure out how to live by principles. Let's crack the window of this understanding a little bit and look at the verses from Paul in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 and 25. The Word of God says this, Therefore, the law was our tutor 
you have the King James Version, it says schoolmaster. I think there's a good word picture there. The law, the Old Testament, the precepts was our tutor. It was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. See, it's the plan of God. It's the work of God that we don't have to stay in school the rest of our lives. Is there ongoing learning? Yes. But our intention, God's intention is that each of us learns how to learn. There's a point when we've learned how to learn the things of God and apply the things of God and we can be released from the schoolhouse of the Old Testament and begin to apply some principles into our day-to-day living. At some point in the disciples' experience, maturity, and understanding of principles, here's the thing, folks. We no longer need to be yelled at by the lifeguard, no running by the pool. Why not? Because we get it. It's not that it's now safe to run by the pool. Even grown, mature adults can run by the pool, slip and crack their heads wide open. Probably take us longer to heal than it would the little kids. The point is that it's now safe what was unsafe before. Is everybody with me? That's not the point. The point is now I've got some experience. Now I have some understanding. Now I've become more mature. You don't have to tell me don't run by the pool all the time. I don't need to be reminded. I understand there's a principle. The principle is safety. Don't run by the pool was the precept that was the on-ramp to take me into the concept of living safely. Now Jesus He really opens up the door on this understanding. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, beginning at verse 17. Now actually, the remainder of the chapter goes into some serious details. There's actually six examples. We're not going to go through them all. But in verse 17, he opens up the door, and we'll just take a couple to get a peek of the point. In Matthew 5 and verse 17, Jesus, these are his words, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I came to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle, those are the smallest grammatical marks in the Hebrew language, will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. He goes on to say, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now he's really getting into his audience's mind right here. Because when it came to precepts, when it came to laws like don't run by the pool, The Pharisees and the scribes, they had it down. There wasn't anybody doing a better job of not running by the pool. Jesus said, not only am I not taking away the don't run by the pool law, but you better be better. If you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to follow me, you better even be better at this than the scribes and the Pharisees. And that makes you think, what? 
Those guys are really, that's all they do is think about the law and talk about the law and figure out who's running and who's not and defining running and what's not. How am I going to do better than those guys? Because Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill the law. I've come to help you see there are principles behind the precepts and you'll be more righteous than the Pharisees when you realize it's bigger than what I see in all these instructions. It's it's bigger than what I see in these guidelines and precepts. God's got a bigger plan for us. Jesus didn't take issue with that audience's understanding of the law. He took issue because they weren't seeing the principles. They were really serious. Here's the problem with the Pharisees. They were really serious about not running around the pool. But they were fine if you were running in wet parking lots. They didn't get the principle of safety. They wouldn't think of running around the pool. But you could skip around it all day long. They were awesome at the splitting of hairs and the exactment of words. They were all into precepts. Totally missed the safety principle. Everybody with me still? They couldn't decipher that the principle was the reason not to run around the pool. They were missing the principles. Now, again, Jesus gives six clear examples to explain himself. We're running way out of time. I'm only going to look at a couple of them quickly. Please read the rest of the chapter and look at the others later. Verse 21, Jesus gives an example. You heard it was said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. Now obviously, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't come to say there's a higher rule, now go ahead and start murdering one another. He didn't come to abolish, y'all with me? He goes into verse 22, but I say to you, that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. 23, 24, and 25, he's given them particular guidelines. Don't be living in anger. You need to get over this unresolved anger. You need to get that taken care of. Jesus said, you've been paying attention that you didn't murder one another, but some of you are living day by day hating each other. And you're thinking, as long as I haven't stabbed him to death with a knife, I'm good in the kingdom of God. And the Lord is saying, no, there is a bigger principle behind the precept, and you shouldn't be living in unresolved anger. Jesus clarified, it's not just about running around the pool. It's about safety. It's not about murder, just it's about unresolved anger. Verse 27, he brings out another familiar concept for them to understand. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. Everybody in the crowd was nodding their head. We know that for sure. Verse 28, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Verses 29 and 30, he goes very extreme to try to remove, suggests ways to remove lust from our hearts and lives. 
the listeners in the crowd, they were careful. We're, we're not going to have sex outside of marriage, but they overlooked the issue with lust. So Jesus said, there's a larger principle behind the precept, and I want you to understand and live by the principle. Hey, he's saying to his audience, stop considering just adultery and start paying attention to your lust. Here's the thing. Jesus addresses not just how we act, but who we are. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Actions are external on the surface, but principles of a higher purpose are at heart level. God has never merely wanted people like you and I to just obey the rules. He wants us to be holy as He is holy, to value what He values. The Lord wants us to see and live by principles, not just the rules. But what now? Well, let's go for the short version. What should disciples do? What should we do now? I think the first thing that we need to do in understanding of living by principle, surrendering to the principles of God's Word. First thing we need to do is recognize the human battle. Here's the human battle. Just like the little kids. No running around the pool. The human battle is a little kid saying, then how can I go quickly around the pool? I bet I can skip. I bet I can fast. Everybody with me? The human nature is not to understand and grasp the safety principle, but the human nature is looking for ways where I can still basically run around the pool, but it not be really defined as running around the pool. Human nature says there's got to be a way to figure out how to get around this principle. Anybody here ever done that? Sure you do. You get stuck in traffic this week. You'll be thinking about a way to get around that traffic jam. A way to get around what's holding me up. That's the human battle. The human battle is our sinful nature saying, there's got to be a way that I don't have to surrender to this precept. But the kingdom way is that the spiritual man would surrender and say, you know what? Safety is the underlying reason behind this. Even beyond the pool, I need to have the concept and the principle of safety in my life. Yes, it might not be the pool that I'm around, but there's a slippery parking lot, and I don't need to be running in that parking lot. I could crack my head there just like I could crack my head around the pool. The spiritually surrendered is not just looking to split hairs in biblical guideline and instruction but it's saying what's the big picture and I want to do the best I can to apply that everywhere I can of course we recognize the battle what we need to do is surrender to the Lord's principles turn to somebody near you and say I'm sorry to report we just need to grow up You know, every parent is taking their little ones to the pool. 
fact, our church picnics is going to be at Forest Park this year, and in Forest Park there are water functions going on, and in our church picnic there's going to be kids around there, and it's going to be parents saying, don't run on the hard surface. It's not a pool, but it'll be wet and slippery. Now, everybody who's ever been in that environment, watched that environment, tried to keep your kids at bay, you realize there are some children who wise up quicker than others. There are some children that even as little ones, they figured it out. They slipped a little bit, maybe twisted their knee a little and realized, hey, mom and dad might have a few answers here. But there's always a kid or two or three, taller than the rest, older than the rest, bigger than the rest, one that we would all think you ought to be mature enough now to realize if you slip and fall, you're going to crack your skull. But there's something around some stubborn kids. Stubborn. It takes them longer to get it. Some of us, you know, are feeling kind of guilty right now. I would offer to each and every one of us that in following Jesus Christ and being His disciple, the quicker we surrender to the Lord's principles, the better off we are going to be. Surrender to His principles. You can look to Hebrews 5, read it on your own, 5, 12 to 14, and get some understanding about that. Surrender to His principles. He asks the question, am I maturing to surrender? Here's another thing we can do. We can be filled with and follow the Holy Spirit. If I've not received the gift of the Holy Spirit, then it is time I pursue it and accept His free gift. It is power to overcome and to overwhelm the enemy. Jesus proclaimed the leading of the Spirit. John 16, 12 and 13. Romans 8, 13 and 14. I need to ask, am I filled with and following? Everyone said following. Filled with and following. I, you have, like me, ridden in the car with people, had their GPS on. GPS says, turn right, turn right, turn right. And the guy driving just buzzes on through. What are you doing? That thing doesn't know what it's talking about. Because we know better than the GPS. And indeed, we could know the area, we could know the neighborhood, that could be the case. But here's the deal with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit's saying, turn right, turn right, turn right, I am just fooling myself to ignore that direction. Be filled with and follow the Holy Spirit. Here's a couple more things that we can do to help us live and surrender to principles. Choose to please the Lord. Put on the screen for me Ephesians 5.10. I could take you through this entire passage, but I realize I've been talking a long time. Ephesians 5.10, the scripture says it so plainly, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Sometimes a decision is hard, preacher. Sometimes it's difficult to figure out what's the best way and what's the, the right way and what's the wrong way. If I can't figure out what's the right way and what's the wrong way, then let me suggest this. What's the best way? 
What's going to be most pleasing? Look, you're not going to stay married happily at least very long. If in your relationship you're trying to decide what will or won't make your spouse happy, what's right or wrong, and your deciding factor is, well, what can I get away with? You're not going to build a great relationship. But if I would consider in my mind what's going to be most pleasing, why would you do that? Because I want the other to return it. I want to be treated in that same fashion. And certainly we know that's the way the Lord treats us. Let's walk in that direction. The other thing that I believe we can wholeheartedly do, by the way, if you read the rest of Ephesians through verse 20, some incredible directions there that God gives us about being careful with our lives. A final way to apply the Lord's principles, engage biblical thoughts and discussions. Discover more and more the Lord's principles. What are the Lord's principles, preacher? Well, maybe I'll delve into some of those next week when we go into our final session and give us an example through the process. But the bottom line is there needs to be ongoing discovery and ongoing discussion. How am I regularly discovering the Lord's principles? I I need to answer that question in my own life. What am I doing to regularly discover the Lord's principles? What am I doing daily? What am I doing weekly? And then discuss his principles with successful, seasoned disciples. If living by principles is challenging and it takes some interpretation, it takes some thought process and some real wisdom, I am wanting to follow and ask and discover with somebody who's good at it. I don't want to talk with somebody who has the answer I'd like to hear. Now I'm meddling in our lives. I want to figure out somebody who's good at it. I want to find someone who's successful. I want to have a discussion with them. I want to walk through that. How am I regularly discussing the Lord's principles? Who is it in my life that I'm allowing to challenge my opinions? Who is fine-tuning my concepts? How do I allow iron to sharpen iron as the Scripture accords? which really leads us to next week's topic, surrendering to the Lord's people. And next week will be our final session in the series, and I will not take 45 minutes on that session. Turn to somebody and say, thank the Lord. I trust you'll be, do your best to be here next Sunday. Would you pray with me in dismissal? Jesus, Your word is powerful. We understand from your word, Lord, that being transformed from our humanity to following you as a disciple involves a change in our thinking, a change in our understanding. Lord, I pray that your spirit within us, not only leading and guiding us to truth as promised, but provoke us, Lord, 
Challenge us, Lord. Help us, O God, to recognize Your fulfillment of the precepts. God, help us in our awareness, Lord, to see the principles upon which Your precepts are founded. Lord, lead us by Your powerful Spirit within us, Lord, to be able to discern and apply in a day and age where things are changing so rapidly, where circumstances seem to sneak up and surprise us. Let us, Lord, be children of Your Word in principle, who can live it out in practice as we follow Your leading in our lives. You've been listening to the Living Faith Everett podcast series. Tune in next week for the next part of this series or join us online at livingfaithministries.church.